Welcome to the First Team College Football Recruiting Show with former NFL QB Matt Sims, Irish Breakdown Recruiting Analyst Ryan Roberts, and former college long snapper Joe DeLeon. Welcome back to another episode of the First Team College Football Recruiting Show. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Matt Sims, former NFL and college QB, also founder of the Sims Complete QB, with us as well. Irish Breakdown recruiting analyst Ryan Roberts. Today, we're moving on to another defensive position group. We're talking about the interior defensive lineman. We just did edge. If you missed that episode, make sure you go check that out because there's a lot of really talented players in this edge class. Today, we get to the big boys on the defensive side of the ball. We've got some massive, violent dudes, and we're going to be breaking them down. Those four players we're talking about, David Hicks, James Smith, Jordan Big Baby Hall, and Jamal Ja Jarrett. I think this might also be the best name group that we have out of any of the position groups so far. But guys, kicking things off, I want to talk a little bit about, because I think one of the more interesting things we do on the show is the philosophy when we're watching guys, what we're looking for. I want to talk about defensive line recruits. What are some of the things that we look for that help us delineate who are the best guys and maybe who are some guys that have high ceiling but aren't there yet? Why guys fit in the rankings where they do? Ryan, I want to kick it to you first. What is the main thing that you look for when you're evaluating these defensive tackle prospects? Yeah, I mean, I think that there is a conversation needs to happen with the ability to play in tighter spaces. So that's creating power in, in tighter windows and being able to work at the point of attack, gain extension, get off the football. I mean, I think you hear, you know, stack, shed and pe- stack peak and shed a lot in the uh, college, in the just football world, right? So these guys are guys, players that need to play with a lot, play with good pad level. They need to play with a sound base. They need to work the power elements at the point of attack. They need to get off the of blocks. And there's going to be some differentiation, Joe. I mean, you're going to be talking about some kids that I think are more suitable for two gap systems, where they're kind of playing, you know, down down the down an offensive lineman and be able to play multiple gaps. And there's other guys that I think that we're going to be talking about in a more attack style, one gap type of systems that are going to be working off of their quickness and athleticism. So there's different ways to win in these multiple systems, but I think the biggest thing that you're going to look for is again that power elements, being able to tight, play in tight spaces, and being work, be able to work at the point of attack like those are some big elements uh, for the interior defensive line speaking Matt how about you what are some of the things that you were looking for this week when you were doing your evaluations on these four prospects yeah Ryan I think hit all the great points right that you look for just the the overall necessity for people at this position you know one of the things that is always important to me is just like the natural get off at the line of scrimmage you know the reaction time are they the first guy that's striking on the opposite side of the football more often than not you know the hand strength and arm extension like he mentioned pad level you know and then for me too just like a corny thing that I think is important and why I try to watch as much game film as possible is just hustle Hustle is like super important at that position. You know, I want to see a guy that is straining and running down the field and trying to make, you know, hustle plays as much as possible because at the end of the day, the more that you can just relentless, relentlessly pursue at the line of scrimmage, the more dangerous you're going to be for that football team going forward. Matt, that's a really crucial point to bring up because that was one thing I made note of with a lot of these guys. It yeah. tends to be, and it's the same thing with offensive linemen where these kids are really big. They're not fully developed athletes, but they are right. really massive kids. And sometimes their stamina isn't very good. The guys that for me that stand out the most, and even at the college level when we're doing our draft evaluations are the ones that go full speed until the end of the play. There is always that tendency for the big guys. And we all played against those 300 pounders in high school that two seconds into the play, 
they're giving up, they're standing up, they're starting to to lose their stamina, they're getting tired. I don't think any of these guys really showed that. We saw a lot of fight in these four guys, and we're going to be diving into them. And that's cool, too, because even at this level at high school for them right now, they are playing just about every snap on the defensive side of the football. Whereas, you know, you expect that that next level, they're going to be in some sort of rotation. They're going to be using certain specific down and distances to take advantage of that skill set. And that's where it's like if you show hustle and heart now when you're playing, you know, 40, 50 snaps on the defensive side of the football, it's only going to get easier when you just got to, like, let it fly for 20 or 30. Absolutely. So this first player that we're talking about, David Hicks, who's rated as the number one defensive lineman per 247 sports from Paytow High School in Katy, Texas. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that. Six foot four, 270 pounds. He is currently committed to play at Texas A&M. Now, there's one really fun tidbit that I found in his bio. His dad is a former Grambling State football player, NFL and CFL player, but he's also a former bodybuilder. And I think Seeing how <laughs> really strong David Hicks is, just natural explosive strength. I'm curious, and I'd love to ask him how much time he spent in the gym and how early he got into the gym, his dad being a former bodybuilder and all that good stuff. Because the man, this guy is strong. He is violent. <laughs> he is powerful. Ryan, let's go to you first, talking about David Hicks. What stood out to you about him? Yeah, I mean, I think that he's probably the most – developed to his ceiling of any player in that we're talking about today, you know, comparative to where their ceiling and their floor is. I feel like David Hicks has already hit that floor conversation pretty well here because he plays obviously at a big classification in Texas. He actually was at Allen high school originally, which, you know, if you're a high school football fan, Allen high school in Texas is, you know, one of the premier programs in all of high school football. So he's been playing on a high level, Joe, he's been, very well developed to your points, right? Having having some NFL ties in his family. And he is a guy that is physically developed for his age. You know, to be 6'4, 270 pounds and have the frame that he has is notable, obviously, right? Like he's a kid that I think could come in and he could play early for a team and be able to match up physicality. Cause there are some concerns, offensive line, defensive line at times for that transition because those are physically daunting transitions at times, right? Because you have to be able to completely develop and to be, you know, to be the best version of yourselves. And he's going to be an interesting player because I don't like how some of these recruiting platforms rank players at times. You know, we're talking about a 6'4", 270-pound guy with a 6'4", 340-pound guy today. So they're very different football players, obviously. And David spends most of his time on the edge in high school. But he's that kind of player that, if you think of a Robert Candici that used to play mm -hmm. at Ole Miss, like he's that type of guy, right? Like he's a guy that is 6'4", 275 pounds, probably going to be that as a freshman. And then is he going to be a 295, 300-pound guy in a couple years where instead of a, you know, edge player five tech, maybe he's a true three tech at the next level. So there's going to be a little jockeying of where he fits, Joe, but I think you hit the power element perfectly, right? Like this kid – plays with great effort and he is incredibly physical for for his for his age especially. Pardon me not knowing but who was the Texas A&M defensive lineman and it was either this past class or the class before that was like listed as an edge but he was really an interior guy he was really more of like a five tech. To Marvin Leal. Yes, that's who it is. I'm not saying that's like a direct one to one but it's similar in that vein where He's going to be bad. playing a different position at the next level. <laughs> was that a comp? Was that a he's, comp? He's it was not. I have it. He's I have, have it. a comp. I have a comp. But before we get to it, oh, you're to... already one comp in too, Ryan. So be careful, man. All right, one strike for you. <laughs> Matt, what did you notice when uh, when we were watching uh, Hicks? 
strong, powerful, you know, built like extremely dense as a football player. You know, you could just see that just his whole frame, you know, strong lower half, which I think, you know, when you're playing at that offense and defensive line of positions, like it's just so important to have that developed lower half, right? To have a strong glute, hamstring, quad and all that stuff, like to get that drive. You know, it's just, it's so important for that position. You know, his hands really strong, you know, good rip and pull and extension and being able to separate from offensive linemen on a routine basis was important. I do think that, you know, uh, what Ryan is saying is correct. I think there is a little bit of like, where is his home? I think that he's one of those guys that, um, you know, potentially can play end, can play three technique. You know, uh, I don't think that he's big enough or, you know, strong enough as far as like a weight perspective to be like a two gap nose kind of guy. But uh, I do think that he has the strength to do, you know, a lot of power rushes from the edge position. And I do think that he eventually will develop better moves in the interior part of the defensive line to be a really tough matchup for guards and centers going forward in obvious pass rush situations. My one thing about him was I just didn't think that he was great at, you know, hand fighting like you see some of the other players. You know, I just didn't see quite that natural ability, you know, like we see Aaron Dodd and all those guys being able to strike and rip and move aggressively in like one move, you know, that simultaneous action. So, uh, but good get off. Pad level was extremely impressive too. And, and another guy that that hustles and plays hard. Yeah, and, and those elements are really important because I, I agree with you 100%, Matt, as far as the hand usage thing, right? Like he's a player that I think has just been so physically develop, he just tries to overwhelm guys to the point of attack. Yeah. He doesn't have to hand fight. He doesn't have to hand counter right now. Like you could see the hand strength. We just don't yeah. see the actual right. combat style hand striking that you want to see at that level yet. Right. And Joe, I would say this, man. You made a good comp because literally he's going to Texas A&M, right? So we have seen <laughs> a team with DeMarvin Leal over the last couple of years at 6'4", 290 pounds that did just say, hey, play on the edge. But there becomes a tough conversation for me because I mean David Hicks is not the most twitchy change of direction type of player in the world right like he's a little tight so I do think that long term inside is definitely the best spot for him but he's going to a program that just said DeMarvin Leal you're an edge even though you're 6'4 290 so does he get stuck into the mindset of like hey I'm an edge player or but versus the battle of but you're probably a, a potentially dominant player inside. So there's going to be a little bit of a back and forth and a little bit of an internal struggle, I think, for his fit with Texas A&M. But regardless, the kid's probably going to play pretty early. And he's, again, physically developed for his age, to say the least. Yeah, the main thing for me with Hicks, and I totally agree on the hand usage stuff, but like the, the power that he has in his hands is, is scary. So if you work sure. on that technique, you refine it, he might have one of the most powerful, you know, rips in his class like his ability to club his ability to rip all that good stuff that he does with ferocity is fantastic to see and ferocity then i love it but that's <laughs> why ryan's saying that too right is that like that has to improve because yes. of the fact that he isn't maybe as limber as some other pass rush guys that we've seen in the past you know that we've also been watching here this season you know right. and that's where that hand combat has to be you know basically his neutralizer to being uh, not as uh, as flexible as some other pass rushers no i 100 totally agree with with those points on his hands and the, the last thing i just want to throw out there and matt you kind of touched on it and you guys both touched on it 
where he's going to line up, but I'm excited just to see the kid playing all over their defensive front. Like him, right. there were snaps of him playing in a one. There were snaps of him playing all the way out at a nine. They were using him as much as possible. That doesn't necessarily translate. He's not going to necessarily do that at the next level. But the fact that he has that experience playing at every single gap shows that you can really put him wherever. And maybe he does find that home in the inside. It just depends on how Texas A&M decides that they want to use him. Now, Ryan, I did say that I had a comp, and I know that you're going to hate oh, no. this. But okay. I don't know why. And uh, I just, I'm almost afraid to share this. One. <laughs> I don't know why, but like the power and the aggressiveness and the ability to just like anchor well at the point of attack for me. Like, I don't know. I didn't say this was a one-to-one, but it gave me some Jalen Carter vibes. Is that, is that a bad? Oh, comment? Joe, what are we um, doing, man? There's a player on this list that I think does remind me a little bit of Jalen Carter, really? but it is not this one. It's not uh, this one. Sorry, yeah. Joe. I tried. I tried. Joe, yeah, Joe, you, you, know what, you know what I, you know what I think <laughs> parallels though parallels yeah. right as far as how guys <laughs> progressed on the college level i mentioned robert kimdichi right he was a five-star defensive end that you know kind of outgrew the position and you know you kind of figured out that like he's not mm -hmm. the most change of direction limber guy of all time right so he's not the bendiest dude so he's probably a better interior player a player that was in a similar vein that ended up staying outside and has turned into a really good nfl player was Rashawn Gary that came out of New Jersey and was a Michigan guy, right? Like he was 6'4", 275 pounds as a freshman, and he just kind of maintained that weight, right? Like he was hovered between 275 and 280, and he never transitioned into an interior player like some people thought. So, again, it's just going to be a really interesting thing to watch with where James Smith ultimately is pegged at the next level to Matt's point, right? Like I don't think anybody 100% knows – where exactly he's going to be at the next level positionally, but it's going to be interesting to kind of follow along with it. And Rashawn Gary, if you didn't know, uh, actually started out as a nose tackle in eighth grade when I had to face off against him. When I was a center. <laughs> How did uh, that so go? Not well. Could you just? Well, Joe's you? here, so that explains <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was five foot seven and like one hundred and ninety pounds. Rashawn Gary was bigger than he is now he was 300 and something pounds and he was still <laughs> six foot five uh so you can probably guess how that matchup went it did not end, end we, we need the film we <laughs> need the film i want to see this film too <laughs> i'm sure i could dig it up somewhere i was told to cut block and he was not a fan of me cut blocking him that that's that's kind of what how it went down as, as most big guys are not fans of when yeah that's all you can do in eighth grade. But a That's, lot of these guys are probably facing a lot of cut blocks uh, that we're talking about today. No doubt. Let's no get doubt. to our number two, who I know you guys are big fans of. And I, I think that, Ryan, you also said that you really like him. Uh, or no, I'm mixing him up with somebody else. Never mind. Regardless, number two on our list, the number two defensive lineman per 247 Sports from Carver High School in Montgomery, Alabama, six foot three, 310, that being James Smith. Now, this is somebody who had, you know, very – Interesting highlight tape to analyze. Got a lot of plays, a lot more than usual from some other players. But I will say with him, guys, really strong linear athlete. I think that Hicks maybe showed us a little bit more in terms of physical development and development as a defensive lineman. But, Matt, I want to kick it to you first. Watching Smith, what were some of the things that you really liked about him? Well, I think the first thing that jumped off to me was just like he has incredible foot speed for somebody that's listed as 310 pounds, you know, and I think that he has phenomenal get off. He's powerful. He's sudden. He has some quick twitch as compared to David Hicks. I see a little bit more quick twitch on the film with him. Um, my one issue is that I feel like, you know, I'm a little nervous with, you know, his 
his 310 that he's listed at right now because from his junior tape to his senior tape, he looks like he's gained, you know, a pretty significant amount of weight. And I feel like it's not necessarily like the best way for him. But nonetheless, like the foot speed is all there, right? Good closing speed. He's one of those guys that plays the interior part of the line. But you can see that he has really good closing speed on running backs, on quarterbacks that are leaving and getting outside the pocket, you know. And then I think as well, like for him, his football awareness is extremely high. I think that he really understands just like how to get to the football, how to separate naturally away from people that are blocking him and how to just pursue and hustle. You know, and you see him playing a few snaps on running back too, and clearly enjoying that. Um, <laughs> I would definitely not want to tackle him. You know, so he's an athlete. I just get a, like a little bit nervous with him as far as like you know, just making sure that he doesn't put on pounds unnecessarily that take away from these natural quick twitch things that he has to offer a team at the next level. I have a comp, Joe. He's a refrigerator, man. Wow. Like a Second comp. <laughs> you're Unbelievable. He is, he is a refrigerator or the refrigerator? We need no, to. He's a refrigerator. I'm not comparing okay. him to William Perry. I'm saying. <laughs> but that wait, he is the difference, though, to me is that he, you know, he's built like a refrigerator, but I do think that he has a little bit more flexibility and yep. ability to bend as well in that interior and exterior part of the line. There's, there's no doubt. I mean, he's got quick feet, and I think you said it perfectly, Matt. Like, linearly, kid's explosive for his size, man. Like, right. it's surprising. Like, it takes you off guard a little bit at points because you're just like, you know, this looks like a nose tackle just kind of traditionally, right? But then there's some reps where you're like, oh, that's, that's a little more than just like this two-gapping nose tackle, right? Like, this guy right. has a little bit of penetration ability, a pretty good first step for what he does, and, you know, there's – Big upside, I think, with this type of player. You know, I, I don't. I think that technically speaking, he plays. You know, for, from a solid base, and he maintains good pad level for the most part. And I think that he plays. You know, with his with his pads parallel to the line of scrimmage, and he kind of keeps a, a good base, just kind of consistently through reps. So he can work at the point of attack. He can work off of blocks. He does a pretty good job in those areas. But I think to your point, there is a higher ceiling here if you're able to tap into it, you know, if he's in a good proper conditioning and he's kind of at his best physical profile, I think that this kid can be a guy that like one rep, he's at a true nose technique. Then you pop him out. Maybe he's playing a little bit more of a three or two, two I type of look. And he's a little more, more of a gap penetration player on opposed to just being a point of attack player. So I think there's upside for James Smith and there's, it's just a really interesting blend of quickness, linear explosiveness, and all those things coupled into what I thought at first when I first <laughs> popped on the film. I'm like, that's going to be a nose tackle at the next level. But then you get those glimpses where you're like, hmm, this might be a penetration style nose at the next level. Like, there's, it, this is interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, I, I saw a little bit more uh, ability to just create more things with his suddenness, with the fact that just like him being a little bit more of a quick twitch player where he is going to be an issue for guards in one-on-one -on -one situations, you know, at that two-I or three technique, you know, and he's even one of those guys too where like, you know, compared to David Hicks, he might be one of those big guys that can play the edge and still put a move on a tackle, you know, and be able to rip off like a spin move, you know, like we see every now and then with the, the Chiefs using, you know, Jones in that same manner as well. So that's where I feel like James Smith potentially – you know, he has a lot of potential to him, absolutely, as far as his versatility and his ability at the defensive line position. Yeah, Smith, you guys hit on perfectly here. And again, I led in with the main thing that just stood out to me is that linear acceleration. There was one play in particular where 
he kind of won a rep, but he tracked a ball carrier down that was like 15 yards downfield. Like that to me shows that you can accelerate and catch a running back. That's impressive. He might not really be able to do that in college because those running backs are going to be a lot faster, but it's just good to know that you can pick up speed that quickly. Now, Smith is currently uncommitted uh, based on all of the recruiting platforms. However, Rivals does have, have a projection for him, which is for Alabama. He's from Alabama. He also has interest from Auburn, Florida, Georgia, Ohio State. Auburn not being a surprise because of him being from the, the region, but they don't have a head coach, so that's probably going to impact that decision there. Now, if we were just to kind of loosely talk about where James Smith might fit in terms of like scheme-wise and just technique and all those things, where he might be a good fit, uh, where do you guys think James Smith would be best? Ryan, I want to just kick it to you first if there's any any teams that come to mind. I mean, I mean, first thing I saw, Joe, is when he's an Alabama kid and he has an Alabama offer and he's a take, like Alabama yes. can't let him out of the state, man. Like, you just can't let it happen. I know you mentioned Auburn, obviously, in the state of Alabama, but right now with the uncertainty at head coaching, like I just – this is an Alabama one to lose, in my opinion. And I think that you've seen Alabama in recent years because they were a steady 3-4 odd man front team for a while. They've kind of have reinvented themselves a little bit. You know, they play a little bit more four-man than they once did. So I think that he's a player that, like I said, like can he be a two-gapping nose? I think so. Can But th does he have more upside to also being a penetration-style player where like you can move him out to – maybe a 4-4-I, four, 3-tech, four 2-2-I, two, two like those types of alignments. I think he also has that. So I'm going to stay in the, in the home state where he is right now, man, and just say like Alabama needs to close on this kid because he's a kid in state that you want. That's a take. It just makes too much sense for him to stay home for the Crimson Tide. If he wants to be an NFL football player, go to Alabama. It's that it's that easy. Let Nick Saban get his hands on you, get into that weight program, learn how to play the game of football, both intellectually and physically. And this guy's going to get you ready to go play NFL football. It's really that simple for you. So, you know, James, you know, if you're watching, uh, I, I would say, man, let Nick Saban, you know, mentor you and become an NFL football player and be one of those guys that's well ahead, you know, uh, of everyone else that you're competing against because of that you know, football IQ and being able to tap into all that, that potential that he has. Right. It also just in general, it feels bizarre seeing an Alabama kid, like you talked about, Ryan, not committed to play for the Crimson Tide. There's no way that they don't end up locking him down unless Auburn hires the biggest recruiting finesser ever, which might be Deion Sanders, who has done a fantastic job of that. Maybe that's what it takes to pull away, away a kid like James Smith, but just in general, he gives me, and this isn't a comparison, but just in terms of like, his his play style and how he would fit in at Alabama. He just kind of feels like one of those guys that gets drafted late at the end of the first round, early second that comes out of Alabama, like an Ashawn Robinson, like a Deron Payne, like a Jonathan Allen. Not saying that he's going a lock to end up that good, but yeah. he just feels like one of those guys that's maybe not as refined, heads on over to Alabama, works on his technique, gets really freaking good, and then starts to really see playing time in his third year. And that's when we start to see an actualized version of James Smith. Look at these cops, man. You just threw out like four guys in one I'm plug. Not it was him. I'm just kidding. And then <laughs> tapped it off with these really freaking good. <laughs> Joe, you, you know, you know, you know who a, an interesting name is, though, if we're talking about former Alabama players. Interesting name from a style perspective. Jerron Reed, that who was a two-gapping type of player at Alabama. And then he goes to the Seahawks and he's a double-digit sack guy a year, right? Like I think that he has a little more nuance and a little more explosiveness than your traditional nose tackle, but He's a modern nose tackle, so 
uh, yeah, interesting comps to a couple of Crimson <laughs> Tide players, man. I love it. I love it. We're we're heating up with the comps here today, and I'm sure <laughs> too much a, today. What happened? We're we're gonna have a great one for this next guy. I'm yeah. sure. Uh, by the way, I have to say the oh, I forgot that his. I, I I'm gonna look up what James Smith's nickname was. He had a really good nickname, and I I, I think it's Big Kong. Down. Yeah, it was big, it, it was Big Kong or something like big that. Kong. Big Kong. That's the, big Kong. The effort yeah. in the nicknames this week, I think, are are A1. And I, I just from my playing experience, I don't know about you guys. Defensive linemen are, are notorious for giving themselves nicknames from, from when I played in college. But regardless, Jordan Big Baby Hall is our number three player we're talking about today. The number <laughs> 18 defensive lineman per 247 sports, West Side High School in Jacksonville, Florida. Six foot four and a half, 300 pounds. Guys, the first thing that I wrote down is this man is massive. And it feels <laughs> like I don't think he's 300 pounds. I think he's bigger. And to me, he feels like a like a truly dominant nose at the next level because of how big he was. Or he can play at a number of different spots. But the size, the sheer mass and power that he brings to the position is what made him so dominant. And I know we keep talking about the violence that we get from uh, some of these players. But he's one of those guys that just loves throwing tacklers. Now you want to coach up that tackling effort, but the ability just to toss kids is very, very frightening that he has that sheer strength to throw around a 180 pound running back. Well, Joe, I don't know much about West side high school in Jacksonville, Florida. So I don't know what level of football that is in the state of Florida, but I will say this, man, this tape was outrageous, man. <laughs> the first step on this kid at 6'4 plus and 300 pounds is silly stuff, man. Like he his penetration skills, I was I was floored watching this kid. I'm like, how the heck is this kid only the 18th ranked defensive yeah. lineman in the 2023 class? Like first step is stupid. He's explosive. He's raw compared to a couple of these other kids as far as, you know, consistent pad level and playing at the point of attack with good hand uses, all that good stuff. But if we're talking about from a size and explosiveness combination, this is a Georgia kid. I know that I think 247 had him projected to Georgia. You mentioned yeah. Florida was another school that is, you know, big on obviously uh, Jordan Hall right now. But this kid, I think if he puts it all together, man, could be the best player on this list. Like, I think that he has an outrageous combination of size and athleticism. Like, there is some special traits here, in my opinion. But yeah, when I saw we, that he was, oh, go ahead, Joe. I was going to say before before we get to you, I just wanted to point out that Westside High School, from when I was reading up on him, it's typically not a, a program that produces any top tier talent. So like it's it's almost like a, a gem in this in in an area that typically does not produce quality athletes. And here we are with a, with a guy that just looks so freaking good. But Matt, your your thoughts on May on, on him. And maybe that's why his ranking is what it is, too, just because he's not getting the routine traffic that's walking into a school like all these other schools that we you know, routinely see. But um, I mean, yeah, this guy, he's a man among boys. You know, it, it doesn't look like the competition he's playing against is super high level, you know, but um, powerful, good change of direction for a guy that's six, four, 300 pounds. You know, pad level, a little questionable, but I don't even know if he's actually had to lower his pad level to the people that he's playing against because he could just run them over, you know, um, good get off the length can cover ground, like ridiculous ground for someone with that size too. I mean, he's just eating up space and being able to tackle players that are, you know, twice as small as he is and quicker, you know, is just ridiculous. You know, uh, the, the other thing too, is just the fact that like when he, he can separate with his hands really well. Once he gets a little bit more technique, it's going to be even more 
ridiculous just how much he's going to be able to utilize that size and ability. And then again, too, for him, like the strong lower half. And like with him, it's like super obvious, you know, because of just the way that he's built. And, and what I love so much about a lot of his highlights, too, was just like you said, Ryan, just the penetration on the offensive side of the line of scrimmage. Uh, almost every single play, you know, and it's so consistent. It's not one of those things where it's like, oh, it's just on his highlight tape. Like it's in game all the time, you know, whether he's getting the tackle or not, it doesn't matter. He's creating havoc and that's what you need at that position. And for Joe, your most prized possession too, the field goal blocks, man, like you got to <laughs> love it. The field goal blocks, the extra point blocks. I mean, you know, that's something too where we've seen it time and time again, just how important that is, you know, in this college football playoff. If you can make one or two of those plays in special teams, and it looks like Jordan Hall has a pretty good knack for doing those things. No, absolutely. I love that. I always love, and I've, I've brought this up for other guys, especially with the offensive linemen that were doing it. Yeah. If you put on any special teams plays, I'm automatically <laughs> – uh, gonna love you, but the the get funny, a gold the, star for sure. Oh, yeah. absolutely, the Joe DeLeo <laughs> gold star for for special teams performance. Um, but you pointed out Ryan that this guy is projected to go to Georgia, and mm -hmm. if I'm him, I'm going to Georgia. That is gonna help with his development a hundred percent. But if we're talking about like a one to one fit, he just feels like a Georgia defensive lineman, man. The guys that they have produced uh, over the past couple of years, Travon Walker, uh, you know Jordan Davis. They have had a lot of really talented players, not to mention Jalen Carter, who's in this class. And yeah. I don't know what it is, but he's coming out from a, a weaker quality of competition. That is basically helping Georgia here get themselves a really nice developmental player that has a huge ceiling. Do you guys agree that that Georgia is a perfect fit for him? I, I do, because, again, they're one of those teams that, like, they're going to ask their defensive lineman to two-gap a ton. So, like, a Jalen Carter – and think of a Devontae Wyatt this past draft cycle as well, you know, kind of there are more the body types that a Jordan Hall has, right? Like Jordan Hall doesn't have the Jordan Davis body type. They're yeah. more true three techs, you know, working on out type of players. They're not true noses, in my opinion, like a Jordan Davis was in the Georgia system. But what they love, Joe, is that they love the guys that have the body type and the frame and the length to, to do those two, that two gap work but also have some ability to have penetration style to them as well. And I think that Jordan Hall, when is, if he's able to put it all together, he's got the best of both worlds, man. Like he can be a point of attack player, but he can create a lot of havoc in the backfield. So the rawness is here for sure. But the upside, again, I think he's got the highest upside of any of these players that I've watched today. I'm shocked he's number 18 player. Again, I guess it must be based upon level of competition that he's playing in the state of Florida. But, you know, we've had the string of Devontae Wyatt and, and, and you know, the Jalen Carters of the world. I think that Jordan Hall could be one of the next guys because I think that he has every trait that you look for in their system, explosiveness, strength. Everything is there if he's able to put it together. Yeah, for sure. And he's just one of those guys where you know, everyone gets mad at like, oh, well, he passes the eye test. You know, listen, the eye test is important. You know, it really is. And he passes the eye test and then some, you know, and I think, too, just – we don't know, you know, what his development will will be like, you know, and what his actual final place will be. But, you know, I, I think there is going to be a lot of flexibility as far as I mean, he's six, four, 300 pounds and he's only a 17 year old young man, you know, and that's where it's like scary. I mean, what is he going to look like two years from now in a Georgia weight room? 
you know, and, and being with that that type of you know coaching staff and watching the film with the previous players that they had there that were so dominant those same positions. I mean, I just think that this guy, like you said, just his talent and his his ceiling is extremely high. And I, I think that he, you know, he enjoys punishing offensive football players. He plays hard. He hustles, you know, and that's just something, again, that you just you can't coach. So I'm really excited to see how it works out for Jordan Hall and, and his potential in being reached. Now, his potential projection is scary if he reaches that ceiling. But I think the scariest part about all of this is that if he ends up at Georgia, he's going to be playing alongside the next guy that we're talking about who's currently committed to Georgia that is Jamal Jod Jarrett, who's number 29 defensive lineman per 247 sports in this class from Grimsey High School in Greensboro, North Carolina, 6'6-310. Now I talked about how Hall, the first thing he wrote down is this man is big as hell. When we're talking <laughs> about Jamal Jarrett, he almost takes up a whole gap. He's that wide, which I love with like a defensive lineman that's going to be probably used primarily as a one technique or as a as a nose tackle playing at a zero. I don't know about you guys if you think he's going to be deployed in other ways, but I think to me this is like the perfect spot for him. You just put him head up with a center. You ruin that center's day because he's not getting moved off the ball at all. He's got the perfect size for it. and For him to be placed in this Georgia defense, the way that we saw that they used Jordan Davis, not saying he's Jordan Davis, but you can get a guy who's going to take up space, fill gaps, impact the, uh, the ability to get to the next level for offensive linemen. That's exactly what you're getting with Jarrett. I mean, if you get Hall and Jarrett on the same defensive line, like two or three years from now, I mean, just like good luck moving those people, you know, good luck moving. Cause, and whoever those linebackers are like, good for you, man, because you were going to be getting a lot of tackles, being able to run around those cats. But one of the most impressive things was six, six, like you said, three, 10, a five, two, 40 at six, six, three, 10. Like I, I now listen, everyone at home is like, Oh, five, two. No, that is, absolutely flying for someone that big that is a ridiculous stat 550 on the deadlift 330 on a clean in high school i mean so that's like that's grown man strength right there but you said it massive human being dense as dense can be like definition in the in the dictionary like their picture it should be him right there you know good hands is striking and can move like not just like you could see like the 40 time is good can move like football wise really well too you know and and i wrote it in my notes perfect nose guard the perfect two gap defender that can literally just lock anybody out at that line of scrimmage and not give one inch to the offensive line at the line of scrimmage you know the lower half is there and just great at long arming offensive block uh, blockers and that's where just like if you could just lock somebody out at the line of scrimmage and just kind of see where the ball is going and play either gap. I mean, the ability to do that is just, you know, it, it's just so invaluable. It's just crazy. So was super impressed with with Ja Jarrett. And uh, man, I mean, Georgia, if they land both those players, like mm. scary combination for sure. And Joe, I just mentioned that Jordan Hall is not the Jordan Davis comp from a body type perspective. Well, Ja Jarrett is. <laughs> like, <this laughs> right, right. Is. This kid's a mountain, man. I mean, you mentioned 6'6", 310. I mean, there's other recruiting platforms that list him at about 340 pounds. Like, I don't know exactly what his more weight realistic. is. It might be, man. Because <laughs> like Matt said, this kid is dense, man. Like, this is a thick, thick young man for his age. And he is just – that is the nose in your 3-4, you know, in your odd man front that you want to just put head up on, on its center, occupy blockers. This is the player that – 
gets lost in the box score at times because he's not making a ton of tackles, you know, in a game setting. But what he's doing is he's letting the linebackers run free, like Matt said. He's giving defensive ends or outside linebackers one-on-one pass rush attempts. The invaluableness of what Jordan Davis was to the Georgia defense last year is what John Jarrett can be on the next level. Like no the doubt. ability that he has to occupy multiple blockers are going to give guys a lot of one-on-one opportunities and a lot of increased space. So this kid is going to be an unheralded player, I think, at the next level. But what he does for a team, I think, is going to be invaluable. You're right. I mean, he's the guy that just – there is no box scorer that actually can tally up his importance for a defense. You know, and, and that's where just like I think about the combo, and this is me like I'm pretending to be a Georgia coach right now. But just like it's unbelievable to think about what you can do with this football player, what you could do if Jordan Hall was next to him at that same exact position, and then just how much fun you can have with putting, you know, the nickel backs and like the pass rushing linebackers involved with those guys you know crowding the line of scrimmage and causing confusion it's just like a thing of beauty where just like football players like just like yes we love this but uh you know ja jarrett i mean and and the fact too like you know he says that he plays basketball wasn't able to see any of the highlights but you know obviously athletic enough to you know say that he plays basketball he's not just throwing that out there you know but um you know what i loved most importantly on his huddle tape was he says his stat line, right? He tackles for loss, all that kind of stuff. And then he says six O linemen killed with a little <laughs> wink smiley face. And to me, that's just like this guy just loves playing the game. He loves just like inflicting his presence his presence onto other people, you know, and he's not really necessarily worried about if it's like a stat that helps him get picked up. He just wants to do damage to the other team. And, and to me, that's important as well. Yeah, I I, th- I think you said it perfectly though, Matt. Like you, you, a box score can't quantify quite how good of a football no, player he is because I, no. I think his stat line was also like three sacks, eight tackles for loss, like not gaudy stat numbers. But right. then you watch his film, you're just like, but he's creating that havoc and leaving everybody just clean all game, man. Like it is again, you can't quantify how important he is to it. You defense. can't you can't tally up how many times a quarterback was running for his life in fear, you know, in <laughs> a stat exactly. line, you know, which we know for a fact from watching some of those highlights have definitely happened a few more times than not this season and last season. The attack the tenacity that he brings to the position though, and it's funny, I I completely overlooked the what you pointed out where he put that into his his highlight tape. Oh, it's sick. I love it. Yeah. Like that just shows to me a kid that just loves beating up on offensive linemen and for sure mean and tough. And you see the way that he plays. Like I made a note of like the violence, like the, the, the aggressiveness that he shows disengaging with blockers, tackling kids. Like he is not afraid to punish people. But as we talked about at the top of the show, when you usually have the biggest kid in the group that you're talking about, there is a tendency for those big kids to not have great stamina, to be a little bit lazy. And we don't have that at all with Jarrett. Like, not one bit. I saw a kid, and I even made note out of any of the other guys, that he plays at full speed until the end of the rep. He's chasing guys. He's going full blast every single play. And that, to me, is invaluable for a big defensive lineman like this. Because a lot of times, again, these guys get to the next level, and they're coming out of high school, and it takes them a while to, to build up that not only the stamina, but you also can't necessarily coach that willingness to play until the whistle ends. It's it's very exciting. And I, again, I think frightening to have a guy that has a motor like this at this size is going to be invaluable for Georgia's defense. 
That's where I was most impressed with Jarrett and Hall was just the fact that like for their size of being 300 plus, I just love the fact of how hard they played, how consistent they were at playing hard at all times. And I see even too with just with, with Jarrett playing a little bit of tackle, you know, at times, you know, Jordan Hall playing a little offense as well, you know, and I think those are just important things to look into with just like, yeah, they do have that motor. They do have that presence where they just want to play full go all the time. Yeah, and I, I would say this too, Matt. Like, I mean, obviously we've we've spent a little time, you know, coaching high school football, and this is this is a coach's dream, man. Like, he really is, because like you said, it's Joe. He plays so hard. He clearly loves to play the game. I mean, right. you mentioned, Matt, you mentioned the six offensive linemen killed. Like, that is it's just funny, right? Like, it's a funny. Oh, I vibe. love it. Yeah, and he also put on his highlight tape that he has a three point five GPA. So, like, yeah. he has attention oh. to detail. He plays hard, and he clearly loves to play the game. So, from all aspects, this is just a kid that you want to be around. So, I mean, great for gift sure. for Georgia, no doubt about it. Yeah, that's uh, a great point, Ryan, because that's always important to the culture of your team to having people like that that are, you know, he's one of those big guys that's lighthearted and making jokes, and then you get in the football field and you're like, whoa, this is a totally different person, you know. I love that though. The uh, to wrap up on on him is the two most important thing for defensive linemen: good GPA and how many offensive linemen you're destroying. Those are the only two <laughs> yeah. things that that I care about. If I'm a coach and I'm recruiting, just put those on your. Every player should going forward put that on their highlight tape if you're a defensive <laughs> right. lineman. So, so he's a mur- he's a murderer, but he's a very studious murderer. So yes, there we go. Yes. Yep. Yes, we we only we only want smart kids, and uh, you know, shout out to him for putting that into his. Hey, highlight. he's doing it in the confines of the rules of the game, you know. So that to me is yeah. like it's it's good, you know. It's not like he, he was, was doing any late hits or anything like egregious, you know. Because like just just all those young players out there, you know, stop putting up highlights of hitting the quarterback seven minutes after he threw the football. All right, <laughs> it's not a highlight. All right, now listen, the hit was impressive. So if you're doing that, I get it, all right? But other than that, it's not a highlight if the quarterback threw it and six minutes later you're hitting him, you know? But that's that's just me being a QB, so sorry. <laughs> maybe maybe we need more coaching. We need to provide some more coaching on putting together these highlight tapes. Maybe that'll be uh, another another episode on 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 the show on the first oh we had that right james smith i'm sorry dude you have like three (laughs) minutes extra we talked about it before the show started i'm saying it now just because we're bringing it up you know james you got to edit your highlight man you're a baller but there's like seven or eight (laughs) plays on there where you know nothing is happening so come on take that off your highlight my man yeah we can coach you up we can provide you some feedback uh that's a great note to wrap us up on at joe de leon uh at sims complete qb at Rise and Draft. Thanks for tuning in. We're going to be back next week with linebackers as we're finishing up on our uh, position groups that we're talking about on this show. Make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you're tuning in, and we will be back with more.